0: And welcome to episode 119 of Random Encounter, the RPG Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Steinman, Pale Robbie on the boards. Joining me today is Caitlin Argiros.
1: Hey, guys. Lee and Cazero on the boards. And this it's too bad we can't go back in time and make this episode 115,
2: right? Oh,
0: Jesus. Oh, God. I'm sorry. I'm so, I tried. I tried. <laughs> we also have uh, Nick Ransbottom.
2: Hey, Nick Ransbottom on the boards. Very original. And I have nothing witty to say for my introduction.:
0: Excellent, excellent. And then we also have Steph Sabidlo, the Canadian Wonder.
2: Hi,
3: I like peanut butter and sandwiches and long walks on the beach
0: i was I was waiting for uh, Pap's blue ribbon and maple syrup.
3: Uh, yeah, I like those too.
0: Excellent, excellent. So, uh, we obviously have games to talk about this week. Um, I know everybody's been very excited to, to hear us talk about a couple things. So, uh, first off, I beat Dragon Quest Seven. Yay! Finally. Damn straight I did! How many hours? Oh. Uh, 62-ish. Uh, I had to grind. I had to grind, like, uh, for four hours there at the end, because I didn't have any... I only had one character that had a master class, like the advanced job class, and, mm. uh, yeah, that made the last boss. I almost beat the last boss on my first try, but I, like, ran out of MP. I didn't realize he had four forms. Took uh, me two hours. Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. Then I got him. I got him easily the second time. Like, I just grinded, like, a level or two and, and got some superpowers, and I, I ran him over like a truck. Uh That was satisfying, though. Very fun game. Um Let's see. I also beat Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Oh! Yes, I did. Um,
1: So, uh, I have to ask, do you... I'm not sure if you remember what I said when we talked about the game before, but do,
0: do you see what I mean the about fact that, that it game? Just, the fact that it just kind of ends when you think there's supposed to be a third act? Yes. <laughs> but but to be fair to that game, uh, so I, it did something really cool and kind of bad at the end. I really didn't like uh, Prague and Lockdown, like the curfew Mm-mm. area. Of Prague. That became a real hassle to get through. Like I had the super stealth ability, so I just cloaked out like the Predator the whole time. But it... It became a serious chore, especially the way I was getting the quest was like, go over here through this loading screen. Okay, now that you did that, you need to go all the way back over here through this loading screen. Like, that just, I got what they were going for, um, but I don't think it worked very well. But I really liked that last mission where you're like hunting down the people at the party. Yes! That was so good! That, that was, was
1: that was more
0: fun than the actual final boss fight I had to say. Uh, by final boss fight, you mean I tased him once, ran up, and punched him in the throat, and it was over.
1: By final <laughs> boss fight, I mean I used the kill switch and one-shotted him.
0: I, I, I was just I, – I thought I I did something wrong, so I actually reloaded that boss fight three times just to see if, in fact, it was that easy as just using the taser skill and punching <laughs> him in the throat. That was it. Um, What was really funny about that game was, if you remember, I was kind of down on it at the time, and then I played Dishonored 2. And I ended up really down on Dishonored 2. I, I think Dishonored 2 might be my disappointment of the year. I think, I think that game is way more Dishonored, but not nearly as well put together. Uh, so it made me go back and play Mankind Divided. There were a lot of things in Mankind Divided, a lot of subtle little changes from Human Revolution that made that game play better. And also, I really like the way that that game incentivizes you to go about and complete side quests to upgrade your abilities, to earn XP to upgrade your abilities. Whereas in Dishonored 2, they went with the finding doodads in the environment to upgrade your character. And that was fine in Dishonored 1, but it started really annoying me. In Dishonored 2, they just throw like 20 doodads in a level. It's so confusing. And navigate it, uh, through. Yeah, I really don't enjoy it. I, and also, I played as Emily the first time, and I'm really sad to say her powers just aren't as cool. Like oh. she, her her uh domino effect is great. Like that thing is awesome. I love that. But not having the time stop with the blink teleport ability makes her basically useless. Yeah, like the and shadow walk is just awful. That, that is
2: so lame. It's
0: awful. It's a terrible ability. Like, I don't understand why it's in the game. And um uh, Mesmerize was very situational. Doppelganger doesn't work. Like, I had my Doppelganger in another room, and she just decided to go running through a bunch of guards. And so, like, I wanted to set up a really cool domino attack, and she just wouldn't let me. So Emily doesn't feel very well thought out, but you go back to, with Dishonored 1, they they did that DLC uh, with Dowd, where they gave Dowd the time stop when he's using Blink. And that revolutionized Blink, because now you could do moves where, like, you jump off of something like Assassin's Creed style, and then at the last minute do the Blink ability to catch yourself. And I just do that all day with Corvo. I'm having way more fun playing the game as Corvo than I did as Emily. I didn't even finish the game as Emily. I had so little fun. But it's just not fun to have all of my upgrades tied to the environment. And and like Nick was saying, it's so confusing playing that game. And it makes me like... Go through the level eight or nine times, and some of the structures in the levels are so big that you know, somebody on the second floor of a rafter is looking down on you so they see you, but you had no idea they were up there. It, it just feels like Dishonored 2 is not nearly as well put together as the first game. It really bummed me out, but it made me go back and play Mankind Divided, and I, I came away really big on Mankind Divided. It's just that ending. That ending was just very frustrating, but that, that was cool to get two games, uh, under my belt. Uh, I think Mankind Divided is a little underrated. I would have really liked it if they had finished that game, but overall, very, very enjoyable, lots of fun. So, with two games under my belt, I was all prepped and ready to, uh, to do the big boy. Uh, it, it's, t- uh, it's time to do it. Alright, so, Final Fantasy Versus 13 was announced when I was in college. Uh, it was over 10 years ago they announced Versus 13, same time they announced 13, and they showed that slick trailer of Noctis with the Latin hymn choir in the background that's still in the game, which is kinda cool. And he cut everybody down with his keyblades or whatever the hell, and you know, now all this time later with development starting, not starting, and you know, this game was not in full development the whole time, I'm not gonna start that narrative, but we have Final Fantasy XV. And, I'm about 8 hours in, And what I can say is that, I I can't believe I'm saying this, I like this game. I like it. I don't love it, not yet, but I, for the first time since 2001, I like a Final Fantasy game. (laughs) I will will ask everybody to jump in now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's my favorite since
0: 10. Yeah, same, same. I know Caitlin's going to cut me for saying that, but, you know, I, I think 12 was a great idea that didn't finish either. And I, I think that has a lot to do with the politics that were going on at Square at the time. But I think 12 was an idea that didn't reach its full maturation. So 12's a hard game for me to talk about. Like, I like what they were going for, but I don't think they got there. So I didn't enjoy it that much. 10, I enjoy a lot, especially that game's battle system. But since then, you know, I'm not an MMO guy, so I didn't like 11. Uh, my thoughts on 13, everybody knows at this point. I, I think that game is atrocious. I, I I think that game offends me on every level, but some people like it. That's fine. And I'm not an MMO guy again, so I didn't like 14, but 15 is so wildly different, but I like it. But I, I, I don't want to hog the microphone, so I'm going to back up right now. Nick, I know you're the furthest in. Nick and Steph, I think, are the, are the furthest in right now, so I'm going to kind of turn it toward you guys a little bit. What do you guys think?
3: Um, I went in with absolutely no expectation. It's been in, you know, long in development, so I didn't really think much of it. Uh, then I picked it up, and I'm pleasantly surprised. It's actually hitting like everything I really want in the game right now. I'm having a lot of fun with it.
2: I had very, very high expectations. Uh, so I went in kind of ready to be disappointed, uh, and was just surprised with it uh the cast is great um, the combat I think is flashy and fluid and fun uh I love the weapons i'm I'm having a great time
1: i 'm only in chapter two, so i'm withholding. Sweeping opinions until I get further into the game. I like some of what I have seen. I don't like some other things that I've seen, and I kind of just want to see more. But I mean, it's it's finally here, and it's kind of amazing that we're playing this game. That I yeah, like like Rob, I was in college when it was announced. So
0: You're old, I yeah. wasn't even a teenager yet. <laughs> <laughs> So I I think what, I, what I'm kind of oscillating quite a bit on it. Like I, I'm kind of a pendulum on it right now, where one minute I'm having a lot of fun with it, and then the next minute I kind of white hot burning rage, like I'm going to break something. Um, and and it's really coming down to a lot of the choices that they made. So the the combat is so hard to describe to people, like. I remember when Steven played the uh, Duskade demo uh, on our Twitch stream, stream, and I was watching it and asking questions. I just thought it was going to be Kingdom Hearts. You know, you press a Square, you swing your Keyblade. Okay, that's that it, looks it good. Kind
3: of feel like that, like a bit more of a grounded, realistic version of that.
0: It's a very pretty, more chaotic Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, that's that's the thing though. I think it's really chaotic, and you're also the game doesn't expect you to be pressing a button and doing combos. You're going to hold down the attack button or you're going to hold down the block button. That's like the first giant hurdle I've had to get my brain over and, you know, stretching my right hand into some kind of crab-like figure as I'm, like, trying to hold R1 to target something. Remind me to bring the targeting up in a few minutes. Uh, and then holding circle to attack it, and then saying, oh, it's about ready to wind up and hit me, and I'm going to I'm gonna hold square. The, when this system works, there's a real fluidity to it that I really like. Like, it feels good to dodge an enemy's attacks, and then you get behind it where you do more damage. It, it really plays, like, a cross between Xenoblade and... Dragon Age, in a lot of ways, it doesn't have all the tactics of Dragon Age where you're like assigning each individual attack, but you do have the team attacks there, and it can, as Caitlin said, get really chaotic. and I think that's where I start swinging the pendulum the other way and I start getting really negative on it. A couple of the hunts that I've done, even though I've been like five levels over the the hunt limit, it just feels like I can't attack anything reliably. Or especially with the real fast-moving, like, dog-like enemies, this, game tar- this game's targeting system is one of the most mercurial things I've ever seen. Like, you'll just lose the target for no good reason. And you don't get a real uh, back-and-forth from the game as to when you've lost the targets. Then you just start swinging at air. And I really don't like that. So th- there have been moments where I'm like, yeah, this, this combat system is really cooking. And I really feel like I know what I'm doing. And then there's times where I've just been absolutely bewildered by it. Like, I don't know how I'm supposed to be doing damage. I'm frustrated. It feels like it relies a lot on the parrying. Like, sometimes you just need to parry. Like, that's going to be your most reliable way of doing damage. And I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? Do you feel like you're grasping it the more you play it? Because I don't know if I can say that or not. It
2: takes me a bit... Uh, to actually settle into the rhythm of the combat. Um, but once I do, once you've played for 21 hours like I have, you start to understand how the mechanic the mechanics work. Um, you're absolutely right. You do have to block and parry a lot. Uh, and if you miss that opportunity, you're screwed. Uh, because the game wants you to block that attack. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and- I've noticed that.
0: And, but then there's moments where, like, especially with the the parry and the counter, like, especially with Deadeye, who that fight made me want to break something, because I ran out of magic. You're supposed to blow up the red barrels. I know, it's a video game. You're supposed to blow up the red <laughs> barrels and hurt Deadeye, and I ran out of magic, so then I had to start fighting him for real. And that just felt awful. Like, every time I would go to dodge his attacks, it would do the parry counter thing. And if I didn't hit counter fast enough, he would just knock me on my ass. And so I'm like, am I doing this right? What am I? Like, I nearly died, and then eventually my guys were able to take him out. And it just it felt so unsatisfying because it felt like I was doing something wrong.
2: See, my problem with the blocking mechanic, you have to hold down the button to block right, it, right. instead of just pressing it. So it's very, it's not, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's like you said, it's hard to describe the combat. Steph, you
0: wanted to jump in there?
3: Uh, yeah, no, I actually really agree. Um, I do have trouble kind of gauging what my attacks are doing all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the the magic, I, as cool as it looks, I do think it's a bit frustrating when it's hard to aim it. And, you know, if an enemy moves and you just wasted a spell that's already a little annoying to keep recrafting. It's and like a grenade.
1: Friends, too.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yep. I, I did that. I lit everybody on fire. All their leather jackets were on fire. and I felt very bad. <laughs> oh, I
1: like
3: seeing them uh, when they get struck by lightning and they're just kind of like. <laughs> falling on the floor. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> I do like the effect from the freezing,
1: though, like where the entire, you know, basically it cool. looks like a lizard. Yeah. Sets in. It freezes That's, water, too. Oh, yeah. does it? Yeah, like if They'll you're fighting that. an enemy in like a pond or something, it will freeze the, the
2: You water. can see frost on their jackets and their yeah. hair. Yeah. And
1: awesome. Or just seeing
3: their clothes get dirty throughout the day is actually really impressive, too. Yeah. The little details in the game are actually really, really nice to look at.
0: Yeah, the first time um, they wanted me to throw a magic spell was when Dead was running straight at me, so I was just fumbling with this almost grenade mechanic in the middle of a Final Fantasy. Oh, it, game.
1: it's it is a grenade, it's literally. Yeah. A grenade. Yeah. and I just got like, knocked um, down. <laughs> it's, it's even a usable item, like you know, you have to. I do like that it's instantaneous. Uh, there.
2: Here's the thing: Are you guys using the weight system? No,
0: the weight system.
2: Yes, you I are. don't like it. Well, that's how I have to do the magic. Is oh, it causes oh. the combat for you when you're not moving. Right. Gives you time to target enemies, body parts, what have you, and then instantly do an attack to where you're targeted. So, Wait, so-, so
1: it's it's whenever you stop moving, it goes into weight. Yeah. And yeah. That's,
0: that's okay. the problem. They it, didn't
1: explain that. No, they
0: did not. And it, it feels really uncomfortable to kind of let it, And that means like not even holding down square to block Caitlin. And that's where I really feel like somebody needs to go back to the drawing board and redesign the weight system. Cause I use the weight system whenever I warp strike. Cause half the time you will miss otherwise, because you need to be locked onto the enemy in order to do the warp strike. Successfully, and even then, every once in a while, Noctis just completely. I'm like warp strike that dude, and he just goes 90 degrees in the other direction, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, okay. There's
1: also, there's also a hard lock that they don't tell you about. So yeah, uh, What's the hard lock? Uh, when you have an enemy targeted with R1,
0: you have to hit R3, and yep. then you're oh. locked on.
1: What? What? But and that's, they don't tell you that anywhere. And that's uh.
0: still very temperamental that is still a very temperamental hard lock like I, I want to go back in time and i i was very hard on the witcher 3's hard lock system i think this game is worse in every possible way and the weight system instead of having it be you take all your fingers off the buttons what it should be is it should be a button that you press yes yes that That will fix everyone's problems with this because it is so – you put yourself in harm's way. A lot of times, like, I'll take my hands off the button, but then an enemy I wasn't looking at hits me, and then I'm in wait mode. And I'm like, oh, well, that's great. Like, I had to get hit to go into wait mode. Fantastic. But I think wait mode is a good middle ground, but it needs to be activated with a button. It needs to be like L3 or something. Weight mode activated. The
3: one, uh, the one that drives me nuts is some of the inconsistencies in the control screen. Like, there's three different menus, uh, three buttons for three different menus. Yep. Uh, the jump for the Chocobo and jump for your guy are different. Yep. Um. Y- you know, it's just, uh, yeah, I think even the run button. Yeah, it's R2 for the Chocobo. It's uh circle for you.
0: Why is it that the, oh, oh do you guys know about the infinite sprint in this game? Yes. I uh-huh. know. Okay, so right when your sprint meter is almost wasted, and yes, you have to go into the HUD to turn on the sprint meter, otherwise you won't um, see it. No, you, you don't. You can.
1: You have to watch Noctis because he he starts to straighten up from. Yeah, I,
0: into a meter. meter. I will look at meter.
1: It's totally a diff- difficult thing to see without the meter, but it is possible to do it without it. But yeah. Here's
0: here's how bat crap crazy this is. So when the meter's almost out, like it's, it's an ST for stamina, when it's about at the S, if you're running with circle, you either take your finger off of circle for an instant and you'll see him like flash green, and then mm-hmm. you can press it again and it instantly refills your stamina. You can do that over and over again. Or, and I figured this out through experimentation because I hate running and not being able to move the camera, and so if you're sprinting with your finger on the circle button, I don't know about you guys, but I do not have a third arm or a tail, so I can't move the right analog stick to look around the environment, which means I'm just running straight. If you press in L3, which is the Mm -hmm. other sprint button, if you're holding circle and you press in L3 right when your stamina is almost depleted, you will also do the infinite stamina move. And you can start sprinting with L3 too. Right. But it's it's just. Oh, why are there two sprint buttons? Why are there two? Like now, now wait a minute, Caitlin. I'm gonna call you on that. Why were there two dodge buttons? What and where? I'm making I'm making fun of The Witcher, and you're gonna the, say that one's a fast dodge and one's a big dodge, and I know, but that there were two but yeah, dodge buttons. Is... The, <laughs> there's two <laughs> dodge buttons in The Witcher, and there's two sprint buttons in Final Fantasy 15, and somehow Final Fantasy 15 made it dumber by having I mean, the exact same button twice on your controller.
2: That's the thing. There's something with this where. You to pick up an item or to mount your chocobo, you press the jump button. Yes. And half the time, I end up jumping instead jumping. of doing what I want to do. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yep. I, I, the game feels janky. I think for for lack of a better word, like I, I went in and I actually turned on uh, Dragon Age Inquisition to kind of like gauge a little bit how the two games work. Dragon Age Inquisition is is very, uh, it's almost robotic. Compared to Final Fantasy XV, like your character runs and they run around the environment, it's almost like they're ice skating on the environment. Whereas you really feel the steps of all the characters in Final Fantasy XV, like everything is is. It, it's kind of like the difference between playing Doom and Uncharted, if that makes sense. Like when you move Nathan Drake, you feel each one of his steps along the environment. That's Final Fantasy XV. Doom, he might as well be on roller skates with rockets attached to him, and that's the way Dragon Age feels. And so I like that. I really love the animations in this game. There's so many subtleties to it. But then it gets into those moments where you're like, no, mount the chocobo. No, no, don't just vertically jump. What the hell's the matter with you? Like, and, and like, or other times where in the environment, uh, I need to get like over a hill. There's no climb in this game, which is really strange. That feels really strange after a lot of open world games where you could climb. So you're kind of doing like the Skyrim bunny hop to, like, get up a mountainside if, if you think there's a quest marker over there, but it turns out you just need to find the trail in order to get to that location. But if they've got two sprint buttons to get back to that, then take away the sprint button on L3 and make that the wait button. Like, I shouldn't have that be heard, what they do? Nah, I would rather circle be it, but yeah. Okay, but make one of them the wait button, okay? And also, you can really pull the camera, uh, you can move the camera's distance in combat, and what's funny is for some of the... For some encounters, I really want it up close because then I can really see the enemies' tells. And the enemies do have tells before they attack. I really like that. But but it's so hard to see. Yeah. I, I, In all I have the a, chaos. I like, have this a, Go ahead, Caitlin. Go ahead. I agree is, with you. I, I like the feel of
1: the combat. I do. It's fun when it works, but what I dislike the most about it is it is so hard sometimes when you're dealing with a pack of enemies, especially, yep. Yep. to keep track of... What Noctis is doing, which enemy is going to be attacking you, how keeping track of where your allies are even. Yep. Half the time, I do things like link strikes, and I can't even really see the awesomeness of them teaming up because it's just so much going on right in front of me. So, the the one that drives me nuts too is when you do a lot of the
3: fighting in the uh, in just the wilderness, you get like a lot of random plants in the way. Yep. Yeah. No like- oh <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, none of the objects fade the closer to the camera they get, so I find myself, you know, like you crab-clawing
1: the camera to kind of maneuver it while I'm fighting.
2: Yeah, yeah the camera's
1: uh, a real problem. Uh,
0: yeah, it's... Oh, boy. I mean, Especially
1: in closed quarters. I just did the first dungeon, and yep.
0: oh, that's yeah. not fun. Yeah, it's... Just wait. It's, uh, trust me.
1: Oh, I know. I've heard about it later <laughs> chapters. I'm... Uh, wait for a, a Twitter rant from me, probably, I'm sure.
0: But Caitlin really nailed it, though. Like, when when this combat sings, like, yes. it feels really good. Like, I'm, I'm, like, smiling and laughing. But it's if- like, if you go back and, and listen to the old Xenoblade podcast, and I said, like, you know, there are times where I really don't understand what's going on in Xenoblade, but it's okay. Because, like, the the stakes aren't super high. Unless you're fighting an enemy that's, like, five levels above you, your guys are going to get the job done provided that you do like the, the special inputs when you need to do them. So like, there's a general cacophony to the fighting, but it's all under your control. I think 15 starts to push a little too hard, and when it starts getting demanding, it really breaks down. I, I, hate, to, I hate to just come right out and say it, but when the combat's easy, I think is when you're having fun.
1: Mm-hmm,
3: and
0: when the mm-hmm. combat gets hard, that's actually when you get pretty pissed off at you it. You start cause... falling on your ass a lot more, I've noticed. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. so those
2: attacks matter
0: now. Like, now, like, getting hit by an enemy is, whoa, that was a fourth of my health. Crap. Like, whereas before, with the easier fights, ah, you hit me. Ah, that was no when, deal. Like,
3: like, I do think with the inevitable, you know, 15-2 happens.
0: No, don't uh, do oh, yeah. don't
3: do that. don't do that. You know, if they can tweak it, I think it'll be absolutely amazing. You know, but that said, I do like a lot of the ideas that they've put in this game, and I'm having still so much fun, even though it is kind of crippled in some ways.
0: Yeah. yeah, and 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 to get away from the combat a little bit, what I really I, I like and dislike a little bit about this game is that it, this game kind of feels like Shadow of the Colossus a little bit to me, where you're looking around the environment, and it's like I'm just supposed to look at this. Like this is just really pretty. Like that stone structure, that kind of like bridgey, like tendril stone structure. The first time I went under that, I was just like, "Wow, <laughs> like this is so cool!" And like just just hanging out with the four bros, who I thought I was gonna hate these. Guys, and I've actually they kind of grown to like okay. no Okay, like I'm <laughs> even Prompto. Derek said, "Don't make fun of Prompto on the show." He's grown on like me with him. I like he's Prompto.
2: Geeky. Yeah. He's adorable. And I'm, I'm surprised because I expected to hate Prompto so much. Yeah, me too. But
0: mm-hmm. he's he's lovable. Uh, people seem to be down on Ignis. Ignis is my boy. I like Ignis. Ignis is how I feel. As he's straightforward. He's
3: the normal guy. He's yeah, a he's the guy. normal
0: dude. You know, oh, I believe we should probably go over here to eat. Yes, Cooks, and like, I, I
1: like that. I like
3: it. Like, <laughs> I
0: love a cook. And, and he berates Noctis for his diet choices too. Yes, <laughs> like and I, don't want mom, I don't want to hear it from Ignis because he was making toast for all my guys for a while. All right, like that was. This, like it doesn't matter because Gladio is the best. I like Gladio a lot. I thought yeah. I thought Gladio was go, was going to be the most boring to me but he's growing on me. I like that strong silent type like but he's got a personality. Like they didn't they didn't do the oh we're going to make him the tough guy with zero personality and that's how you know he's tough. So I think these guys are really well written. Now,
2: yeah. Oh, go ahead. I, <laughs>
0: I, I, I wanna get here because I, I know Caitlin wanted to talk about this and I wanna talk about it too. I love Cindy so much as a um. character, they need to release a DLC to change her model. Cause as a character, she's awesome! like she like she she sounds in control, she's not an idiot, she's not vapid, but then she comes out basically dressed like a stripper. Like when you talk to her, there's this massive disconnect. This is like having a a stripper discuss how to change your your 401k into a Roth IRA. Yeah. Like, wh- I, like while they're grinding up against you like explaining like the possible tax benefits that you could get out of this.
1: Yeah, like I'm not I'm not one, the kind of person who like stares at a woman's boobs because you know <laughs> it's rude, and I don't want to look at her yeah, boobs. right out they are there, they're, they're, it's, they're there. Or... Her. it's like you're you are i'm sorry the way
0: they designed her you are
1: drawn there
0: see i'm not drawn I'm not drawn to, not drawn to her boobs I'm drawn to the ass cheeks that are just hanging out of her pants like that. And I know that is a look that some of the young people like right now. And maybe I'm just getting a little old. But like when I'm out and Jackie and I are like walking around the mall and I see girls wearing those kinds of pants, I'm like, I feel old. Like I, well, I I don't know what the hell that's all about. Like I mean,
1: if they gave us some sort of inclination that she dresses that way because she likes looking like that and she feels empowered, okay. But there I mean, unless this comes up later there's
2: beyond a play. No, nope <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> it
1: doesn't even make sense, as multiple people point out, for someone who's a grease monkey to be wearing that little yeah, you want it's to wear like, clothes.
2: It, it's <laughs> like if I were a mechanic and wearing
0: assless chaps. It like it makes no sense. <laughs> I like where this is going. <laughs> it's just bizarre, and I and I and I know you know some 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 of our listeners might complain and say we're being social justice warriors, and uh, honestly, I wear that like a badge of honor. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. What The problem is that it doesn't fit her character, and I, I, Caitlyn just articulated that. She's not acting, you know, she doesn't have an attack like Jessica in Dragon Quest Eight, where she actually, like, pushes her boobs together to distract the enemies. Like, she's not actually, like, using her sexuality to get what she wants. She's just basically being observed as a sexual object, and there's no reasoning for it. it's so that it's, issue, it's very bizarre. It's that issue
2: where it's like... A guy clearly designed a woman, and it's like, you don't, they want to say, oh, she's empowered because this is how she, you know, dresses. But it's like, but you're a man, and you designed her, so, you know, this is a fictional character. You're the one dictating how she dresses.
0: I, I would be perfectly happy if Jackie came out like this kind of cosplay, and it was just for me. Like I, I would be, I would be totally okay. With me. Like this and the Princess Leia slave bikini are at the top of my list, but that is in the privacy of our home. Like, I, and it serves a specific purpose. You know, it is because it is going to be some kind of sexual act, whereas this character is just like this for no reason. So again, I I don't want to belabor the point, but I I think that this gets back to when 15 was reannounced, and you know it did kind of suck to not see a strong female presence in this game. Like I like the guys, and I like the idea of a, you know, as corny as that opening was with the Stand By Me cover. Corny, I uh, I like that. Yeah, Uh, I wouldn't take
3: guys. Guys, I
0: I grew up with the movie Stand By Me. Okay, they're they're very very different. Like I maybe that maybe that knowledge is in my head and that's preventing me from getting that. But it it came across um not so much ham fisted but as entire hog fisted. Like it, it was just kind <laughs> of oh,
3: they wait. have Florence and the Machine to do a pretty good cover of
0: Oh it's know, a like good a cover, of yeah.
3: Clothes. It's yeah. Florence
0: and the Machine? Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. i got to play that for Jackie. She'll love it. She'll love it. thing. She loves (laughs) Flanners and the Machine. She saw him at... they uh, got a good artist to do a
3: good song for a good moment in a good game.
0: If we're going to talk about music in this game, the fact that I am driving through the countryside listening to the boss fight from Final Fantasy VII (laughs) is at the top of my list for best moments of this year.
3: Do you know what I can't stop thinking about, though? Is if guys like this cool in real life would be sitting in their, like, Audi souped-up Audi listening to video game music. (laughs) Yes, yes, they
0: would. All of them would. I would
2: like have, to say, oh, British guys
0: even <laughs> ha- having all of the fu- the Final Fantasy soundtracks in this game and like being able to get an MP3 player and listen to them as you're moving around. I think it really gets to the heart of this game, which is a response to the negativity around the linearity. Of Final Fantasy 13, which again, I didn't like, I know some people do, but this game feels like an adventure. And yeah, there's a lot of fetch questing, and that bums me out a little bit, especially coming off Witcher 3, which did a really good job of avoiding that kind of stuff, and still having treasure hunts and stuff that felt gamey, but didn't feel overtly gamey. Like I think... Go ahead, go ahead.
3: Um, Like, I said it with Kingslave. I said it when I was kind of, uh, when I got the game a bit early, and I still say it now. I love just how good this game feels. Like, it feels like a fantasy version of Earth. You know, like uh, the gas stations, the diners, you know, visiting people in these weird little motels. You know, it honestly feels like I am on a road trip, and it does not feel, it feels more like Earth than it feels like Final Fantasy, but it still
1: feels very much like Final Fantasy when you go out into the field. Uh, And speaking of the diners, uh, Random Messiah, what I think is really neat is, they all have different music. Like, different yeah. yeah. outposts and cities have different music, and <laughs> there's, like, a quieter version that plays when you're out about in, like, the, the town or the, the gas station. But when you go into the diner, it, you get more bass, and it kind of picks up a little bit. I thought that was uh, really cool.
0: As cool as cool uh, that
3: is, I don't care for all the twangy countryside, yeah. roadside oh, music. yeah.
0: You don't, that you don't like terrible. you. You are obviously not American. Okay, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> that's what I just heard. But uh, but no, I, and I really do like that. I I think Steph and Caitlin are are 100% right. Like more so than almost any open world environment I've ever experienced. Maybe I, I keep going back to Witcher, but you know that's kind of our our bread and butter open world RPG right now more so than almost any RPG world, this feels like a real world. There isn't that moment where you feel like, oh, I went from the plains area to the desert area. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like a natural evolution as you're driving. It doesn't have this, like, you know, I went from Arizona to Ohio. You know, like, there, there isn't that desert woods. It just feels very natural. And those are the moments in this game, these quiet moments that feel really, really good. Now, what what I'm interested to see is a lot of reviewers were... It it seemed like reviewers were down on the linearity of the second act. And, Nick, maybe you can speak to that a little bit without avoiding spoilers, but it sounds like the game kind of ships you around very quickly toward the end, and some people seem a little down on that. Go ahead, go ahead.
2: You you do a couple quests to... uh, God, I hope this isn't considered a spoiler, but to make a boat... Um, I think that's okay. Okay. So you're doing that and when you are about to depart, it specifically tells you you're not going to be able to return for a little while to the open world. So <laughs> it, like once you reach that point, it's the point of no return. You're doing I got worried about that. I was like, "Oh shit, you know, better quest yeah. a lot more." Pass
0: exactly. That's the point of no return. But
2: at least it does warn you that you can go and do your side quests that you have in your log and then, you know, go and venture out into the linear path. As mm-hmm. far as that goes, the story that I felt was kind of non-existent, like there's, there's good moment-to-moment stuff, but as a whole, I, I, for the first part of the game, I was like, what what's happening? Now that I'm in the second half, I know what's happening. A lot is happening. And it's interesting. So part of me wonders what would have happened if it had been linear in the start and then branched out into the open
0: world. I, I don't think they could afford to do that again because that After was the oh, that's, yeah. that's so That key. that was yeah, the ultimate true. indictment on thirteen, which was, you know, Rob, you just gotta play through the twenty five hours and then you get to Grand Pulse and you'll have fun. <laughs> it was like, yeah, but I'm in grad school. That ain't gonna happen. Like where's Persona Four? Like that's that's what happened. And and so again, this game is such a startling response to thirteen. You know, I don't think it hits everything. I think it's a little muddled in some places, and I, I think the combat could actually do with a little tuning down. Like, make it, instead of putting me up against six enemies, put me up against four, so that I can kind of make sense of what the hell I'm doing. Um, and also, like, put some more warp points around bosses, because it's not fun to run out of MP and be completely screwed. Like, there, there's a real, like, resource management to this game that when you, you can put yourself in a situation where, oh, man, I'm screwed. And that's that's interesting, but then I'm like, you have these systems in place, why can't I use them right now? You know what I mean? Like, why why can't I use these systems? Oh, I just don't have any tall buildings around me to stick my sword into and, and recover mana. So I, I think that the heart of this game is there, and I think this game has a lot of heart, and I'm digging it, Um whole CG scene where they show your, your bad things happening to the Empire. Yeah, that probably should have been in the game. <laughs> that, that was a little well, bizarre. That, they really <laughs> they throw
3: that. a lot at you in like 10
1: seconds. Like, so
0: many that
3: explosions.
1: was added in one of the patches, actually.
0: Yeah, oh, that's, man. If you were just told that that all happened, if you hadn't watched the Kingsclave movie, that that's just bad storytelling. That That's just like, what the hell? Like, and, and I get that because they're trying to do like the whole multimedia thing for Final Fantasy 15, and that's cool. But I, you know, I think they fell on their face in a couple of areas. But this is the most excited I've been about Final Fantasy in 15 years, and that's uh, think about that 15 years, 15 years Final Fantasy. Like that's really cool, and and I really hope that they support this game. I hope that they they pull a Witcher 3 and just keep adding to it and keep fixing it to go back to that lock on system. That thing's a joke. Like, so, like somebody at, at, at square Enix is feeling really bad about that lock on system. Cause there are just moments where it just completely lets you down. And you fix that and fix the camera a little bit. You might have something. But I don't even know if you can fix the camera because you just have shrubberies all over the place when you're fighting. Like maybe tone down the foliage a little bit. Shrubbery? Uh, Yes. Or like my my camera got caught on the north end of a tree. So I was just seeing moss for like one entire fight one time. And I'm like, oh, that's... You That's great. knew which
2: direction was north because of that.
0: I did. I did know that the direction was north. I just, you know, it, when the combat breaks in this game, I think it goes from being very fun to absolutely maddening. Part of me has actually thought about just turning it down to easy, and so I just don't even have to worry about that because I, I'm not playing this game for stressful combat. I'm playing this game because it's kind of a stress reliever in a way.
3: Actually, yeah. me too. This month is really rough for me at work, so I'm just kind of enjoying going out there and exploring and fighting.
2: There is one thing I want to say going back to the characters. um, And I address this in the hands-on impressions that I did. Um, I heard from a lot of uh, my female friends that they were worried it was too much of a boys club. And because, you know, these are guys, you know, they have, they're very much tropes. You have, you know, the whiny pretty boy, you have the strong and silent type. You have the one who has the quips and but there's so the much quips. more <laughs> there's so much more to them than that. They actually let down their guard and they do get to talk about being sad and afraid and confused and I think that's really something special that you don't get to see a lot
0: in mm-hmm. media and, and- there's also an element of, you know, I love the, the inter-party banter in Bioware, but sometimes that's so heavy-handed. It's like, Iron Bull, discuss your sexuality with us now. Oh, yes, well, we are part of the coon. We love everyone. Like, there are those moments that's like, this is clearly the scripted moment where we're going to learn more about Iron Bull. I think Final Fantasy 15, even though some of the dialogue sounds like, you know, really t- badly translated or maybe the original, like, maybe what they said originally in Japanese was just bad to begin with. For the most part, they actually do subtlety a little bit better than Bioware. Like they're, they're not coming out like Ignis, tell us about your, your, uh, (laughs) aborting with women. Ah, yes. Well, you Uh, see, three days ago, like it, it doesn't have that heavy handed quality that sometimes Bioware fell into. Like, I that's love actually the,
3: um, like one thing I like is that unlike a lot of other
1: Final Fantasies
3: where you find your party members, these guys have known each other all for at least yeah. five years.
0: Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I yeah. like that. And I, just and I say I think that's the, that's the strength of having it be a set party and mm-hmm. having them start off, you know, with that established relationship instead of having to, to learn. They don't have to talk about, you know, yeah. each other
3: that way. They already know a lot about each other and just let the rest of the work kind of happen through their dialogue.
1: Yeah, because the dialogues in in Bioware games are—it's part of it—is character building. It's to get you Mm -hmm. a sense for these characters that you just met because they only have so many cutscenes to get to know them. But here, I mean, it's just—it feels more natural, like Mm -hmm. you were saying.
0: Yeah, they're they're buddies, and I, I like that a lot. Um, and, and I don't want people to think that I was slamming Dragon Age. You know, I love Dragon Age Inquisition. I'm not going to be part of the revisionist history on that game. That's like, oh, it wasn't very good. Like, no, I had a hell of a lot of fun with that game. But there were moments like, I love the small interactions in Dragon Age Inquisition more than when a character would just go on this long diatribe about themselves. But Caitlin's right. Since you had never met them before, it was almost necessary. Here, you know, the fact that you're going to go meet uh, Gladiolus' uh, sister, they know who that is, and so they're speaking about her kind of the same way Martin writes his characters, where they know each other. Like that, and so you're going to learn by watching their interactions between each other. You can That's tell they've a, all
3: hung out before, and, right? You know, just yeah.
0: these. That's a subtle thing. Oh, Iris is writing. so cute. Hmm, what was that?
1: I lo- I love Iris. I'm sorry.
0: Which one's that? Which one's the that? The sister. sister. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You. I I th- I think that those are the things that um video game writing really need to focus more on is kind of those subtle ways of giving exposition and backstory without just uh yes, tell me about your days as a Grey Warden. Ah oh, yes, well I murdered thirty thousand <laughs> I don't know why all my guys sound the same from Dragon Age, but like <laughs> that that is a that's a subtlety of writing that the more books you read, the more games you play, the more movies you watch, you see that you can, you can do that sort of thing in video games. There's nothing holding the medium back. You don't have to be super heavy handed with everything, but you know, in a game like this where the characters know each other, that's cool. Um, So the guy I think is the villain of the game. And I don't want to go into spoilers, the crazy dude, purple hair man that showed up like two or three times. I love him and just want him to like, follow me around and say things. (laughs) <laughs> His character is so awesome. Like, he, he's like he's the guy that gives you, like, your first coin. And, like, this sleazy, oily dude just comes in just chewing scenery. And that was awesome. I loved him. You know who I love? Who do you love? Dino.
1: Oh, oh, my God. Really?
0: Dino is the best. The
1: guy from Brooklyn in the middle the of best. Final they Fantasy. They, yo, literally, <laughs> they literally
3: have, in the subtitles... Forget oh, Hayes, him. what's it doing? <laughs> I can't do accents.
0: I don't know what you're talking <laughs> you about. I want to go <laughs> over here, get a slice of pizza. Oh, like, like the guy sounds like Andrew Dice Clay in the middle of Final Fantasy. <laughs> 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 it's so bizarre, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's cool, but, like, I couldn't take his character seriously. Like, there's there's moments like that, but I think that plays into what Steph was talking about earlier. Like, when you go into a diner, did anybody expect at any point in our lives we'd be playing a Final Fantasy game where you go into a diner? No. Like that's just so no. weird. It's so
3: surreal. I like, think it really works though. Like I'm actually impressed how well it, it really works. And you know, I think it's the first time since I guess Final Fantasy VII that I felt like you know it
0: kind of felt real world comparable. Do Do we think Seven plays the way this game plays the Seven remake? Do we think it's gonna play Wait. this way?
1: I hope. Oh. So. oh gosh. But I hope it's more polished.
0: Yeah, Uh I hope hope
1: the combat will,
0: yeah. It's either going to be more like this or more like Kingdom Hearts. And as Steven was pointing out to me uh, when we were talking back and forth in Gmail, like, the 7 remake is using its own engine, which I think is very telling. Like, we we talked about Dishonored at the beginning of the show, but I don't think we're ever going to see the Void engine again, considering how many problems they had with that thing. It's very telling that Prey, their next game, is using CryEngine. Like, that that's weird to have two games from the same studio using two different engines. I think that tells you something about the trouble that they had. I don't know if we're going to see this. What—what uh, What is this engine even called? Is it called the Platinum Engine? I have no idea, but where's Steven when you need him? But, like, are we ever going to see a game use this engine again? Because we know the 7 remake is using its own engine. So does it play the same way, or is it more action-oriented? I don't know. I'm also wondering if you <laughs> I am uh, also wondering a 15 <laughs> all girls a total yes. girl
1: trip,
0: <laughs> yes. like and don't make them slutty. Like, don't make it a slutty road trip. Like, this be, like, Crossroads, the Britney Spears movie.
3: Oh, man. No, do you remember how, wow. like, I, I thought 10 was fun, but the way they wrote girls was basically how guys wrote how girl, they think <laughs> girls are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that. And then the stupid hot spring scene where it's like, hey, how did I do chest?
0: Oh, No, God. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Road it's trip. Stupid. Road trip. Drag queens. Like, to Wong Fu, thanks yeah. for everything. Love, Julia yes. Marr. There you go. <laughs> yes, yeah. like uh, we, we got it. We we dare, got. Dare we got I even say, yas, yas, yes. and a. Yeah, we've got we've got fifteen two designed. Um, oh
3: my god, my hair is getting ruined in this rain. <laughs>
0: <laughs> as long as they get John Leguizamo, well, we can't uh, unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately we can't give what's the can, space for can
1: uh, can, can be, the theme yeah. song be like an ABBA song then? Yeah oh, <laughs> by got Florence the soundtrack the for it.
0: Room. Um but yeah I, I I'm very interested to see what happens now with seven. Uh Steven also had to explain to me what the hell's going on with the two Kingdom Hearts releases coming out uh in the next <laughs> three either. months. And oh, he no. needed okay. he needed to draw a diagram for that. I, I think that that's major marketing faux pas by Square Enix to have two Kingdom Hearts Editions coming out in three months. Like the fans will understand it, but as somebody who hasn't played a Kingdom Hearts game <laughs> built since two, he had to explain. I'm it.
3: just standing back there. I'm like, is it out yet?
0: Like, okay, I, let's get it. Like I want the one that has Kingdom Hearts one and two, like on PlayStation Four, and that's in March. Mm-hmm. The Dream Drop Distance re release is the one that's in January. And you would have, and that's the difference between 2.8 and 2.5, 1.5 collection. Which also, Square Enix, knock it off. Like just stop yeah, it with decimal points. Stop it. It's,
1: I mean, it's perfect that there are Latin titles
0: of Kingdom Hearts games, but, uh, but yeah. Uh, bad. Do we think we see the Seven remake before Kingdom Hearts three? I, I felt pretty sure of that, no. but now I'm not. Now I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure now. Nah, yeah, I say we get Kingdom Hearts three first. There's a demo of Kingdom Hearts 3 with the 2.8. Both of those reviews. games are another of
3: those like where are I'm just kidding? not holding my breath. When it's announced, it's announced.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's gonna, be the, there's gonna be the. They Kingdom waited Hearts so 3
3: long for now. this one. I'm not gonna think about it until they actually give a date, and then I will be like, okay, three months after that date.
0: Well, what everybody should be excited about is the fact that uh, on January 20th, Dragon Quest 8 is out Ooh, on yeah! 3DS. Hey! Hey!
2: I, that, it. I, I, I think
0: I think Dragon Quest Seven was a little too a uh, little too antiquated for most of today's audiences. Like if you wanted an old school role playing game, like in that sort of I mean that that game was in a weird spot where it was released close to the year 2000 in America, and so we were getting Final Fantasy IX at the same time Dragon Quest Seven came out. And Seven's a lot of fun, but it's it's very much a, an old school SNES RPG that ended up on the PlayStation One. Dragon Quest Eight is the Dragon Quest. I've never
2: played it, so I'm so excited.
0: You are in for such a treat. You are in for such a treat, and I'm so (laughs) excited to play that. That that game is just spectacular. It has all the characterization that you want in a JRPG, which, you know, 7 was a little lacking. You know, there was the party chat, but there wasn't a whole lot of character banter in that game. It was really focused on, you know, exploring and meeting people that all looked exactly the same from town to town. Uh, and that wasn't me being racist. They actually did use the same models over and over again in that game, and that was disappointing. Uh, but I, I think Dragon Quest Eight is is really spectacular, and I, I really uh, Steph, you're gonna play it. <laughs> gonna make, Do you want a
3: secret Santa to me? I'm,
0: I'm gonna make you play it. Um, <laughs> yeah, how far did you get in Dark Souls? I, I I meant to check up on you on that. Did you? Did
3: uh, you I I got a little bit further, and then yeah, I just kind of gave up. I lost time.
0: I'm not surprised. It's it's it, it is. A, that, <laughs> you were gonna.
3: You're gonna like, you know, uh, you haven't talked to me like forever. Like, <laughs> tutorial me as I went through it over I the phone. I said I wanted, but you haven't been talking to me in a long
0: time. Like, I'm I will,
3: shy and I'm scared of you. I will be, I will <laughs> be your <laughs> Obi Wan.
0: I will help. I mean, all okay. I'm gonna do is just scream like dodge over and over again, <laughs> like the the Dragon Ball Z bridge. Like, I'm just gonna yell like, why didn't you dodge? Like, over and over
3: again. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: That's probably the worst uh Dark Souls game to start with, actually. That first game. <laughs> that first game just messes you up. I'd actually go with three if you wanted like a pleasant experience. I think we're gonna talk about fifteen again. Uh we'll do so like can't... a
3: follow up, I guess, when we're all a bit further.
0: Oh yeah. I mean we've only yeah. had a couple of days with this game. We didn't get an early copy, so you know, we've we've been uh, uh we've been all kind of playing it at the same place. I'm actually glad we didn't have an early copy considering they needed to patch the hell out of this game. Yeah. So um yeah. Yeah, well, we'll definitely talk about it some more, but I wanted to get a podcast out there to kind of give some general impressions. It's kind of it's kind of amazing to think that this big release of the year is kind of the, one of the last two releases. The other one being Last Guardian next week. Oh, it's <laughs> next so week. It's yeah. next week, next week.
3: Oh shit. Or Well, yeah.
0: I've got That's my exciting. I've I've got my collector's edition coming in, and uh, uh, can i have the
3: figure or the art book or anything.
0: No, they are the mine. It. <laughs> <pay>. <laughs> like I, I'm putting that that <laughs> figure right above my desk, and still need a Trico plushie. I'm still upset. Yeah, that. yeah. yeah. Okay. it needed that at be pretty. Like, come on now, come on now. Uh, and so I guess, yeah, we'll kind of cut the episode short uh, right here. Just want to put out a Final Fantasy XV primer. Did am excited we, about that
3: because I'm meeting a Sunday right now. A Sunday we, on a Friday.
0: A Sunday on a Friday.
1: Breaking so. barriers. All
0: Did right. Did we so. want to
1: talk at all about the Mass Effect Andromeda trailer? It, that it looked
0: good. It looked good. I mean, yeah. That's all I got. It looked good,
1: yeah. It looked, it looked
0: beautiful. Good. It looked good. Um, like I, want,
1: I can't wait to, I can't believe I'm saying this after, you know, the, the drabness of Mass Effect 1s on world Worlds, but I want to explore those worlds. They looked pretty, they looked much more varied than the you know, at first glance than what we saw in Mass Effect 1, so I'm excited.
0: Yeah, and and I did not like Mass Effect 1 at all. Uh, That game was way too much RPG and something that looked like uh, an action game. And I got very frustrated with it. And also, I I think the PC version of that game was kind of terrible. Like, those menus were not meant to be navigated with the mouse and keyboard. Also, that was when BioWare was at the height of their we-have-no-idea-how-to-design-UI. Now they're simply clueless, but before that, they were inept. Like their UI, there's there's this great post I should link it to you, Caitlin. Like a UI designer, like who works on video games, like went through step by step with Mass Effect One's UI of just like why is this so confusing? <laughs> like the like the first time you look at it, like the like the money icon was different between menus. Like how does that happen? Like and and oh, that was the last we didn't talk about that for 15, but like nobody can explain that that uh, LMNC, like, spell crafting system, <laughs> the first time you open up that menu, that is like looking at calculus.
3: <laughs> no. you're, like,
0: you're like, okay, I've got zero out of 99 ice, zero out of 99 fire, zero out of 99 thunder. But wait, I, I picked stuff up. But wait, I've got one fire spell over here that says times three but then it, it, it says times 99. Okay, I'm going to click on that. You must now empty a magic flask. What the hell is a magic flask? What am I <laughs> doing? <don't> really <laughs>
3: like, I, I, I was just I like... I eventually. I was like, oh, more flasks, I guess.
0: Goodie did one. I miss a tutorial?
3: Like, what did... The,
0: the inscrutable nature of Dark Souls was just like, I, I understand that. I don't understand this at all. Like, also, uh, is anybody else having a problem with Final Fantasy 15? Sometimes the text is way too small. I get like, that with
3: most new games these yeah, days. Yeah,
0: like, we expect you to be, like, within six feet of a 50-inch screen, and I'm like, no, that's the screen in my living room. I sit, like, a little far back, and I actually have been using the Zoom feature on the PlayStation 4 if I really can't read something. Like, what, what is... is why I...
3: X is still the worst game I've ever played oh, yes. for that. That's
0: yeah, they'll I fit, like, really? two lines on, like, a
1: single kind of bar. Oh, oh. my God, I
3: can't see anything you, after I play that game. You can't
1: play that game on the gamepad. <laughs>
0: Ooh. Can't. Oh yeah, I mean,
1: and read the texts. I mean, that's that's
0: even worse. So, so yeah, um, we'll we will be back in short order. I'm hoping to get another podcast together before the holidays uh, when we've all had a little bit more chance to talk about uh, to play and talk about Final Fantasy 15. I know Derek wants to get on here to give his thoughts on it. So, uh, <laughs> thanks everybody for listening for this quick hit. Uh, Final Fantasy 15 is here. It's pretty good. I think you should go out and try it. Uh, apparently, they've shipped five million copies already. Um, cool. I mean, they they did say earlier that they wanted to sell 10 million, so they got they got a ways to go. <laughs> this is Square
1: uh, that we're talking about. I I don't trust
0: their their uh, success. Yeah, interest. yeah, they don't. They don't really seem to understand sales, but we'll we'll figure it out. But yep. So uh, for Caitlin, Nick, and Steph, thanks you all. Thank. Let me try that one again. I'm tired. For Caitlin, Nick, and Steph, thank you all for listening, and we will see you all later. Mark